Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Craig Bowler, Jack, coming up here momentarily. We'll get Bowler's thoughts on the news in the NBA world uh, this week, Gordon. And uh, it's always fun to have Bowler on the show on Tuesdays. I just want to sneak this comment in. Did you see that uh, Super Agent Scott Boris has uh, committed to pay all of his released minor league players their salaries for the rest of 2020? Wow, that's awesome. And when you hear that kind of thing, Scott Boris, you know, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, sometimes you're not quite sure. But you think, okay, this is a good public relations move on his part, especially because he probably only represents the star players, right? But they point out in this report that he has 175 clients of of all levels. Mm -hmm. So I think this is really cool. You know, to cover those 175 players at all levels, and he's going to take care of their salaries for the rest of the year. That that means two things. One, Scott Boris has a good heart, uh, at, at you know, somehow, somewhere in there. And two, he knows a good PR move when he sees it. Yeah. But the overall effect, terrific for those minor league players. Probably gets him... Because essentially, what in some cases, teams are going to go ahead and pay those minor leaguers. But in some cases, they're just on their own, man. Yeah. Forget about it. It's like, hey, you can take your dream and punt it into the ocean because we don't care. Well, I bet it'll land Scott some clients in the future. When yeah. People uh, people take notice of that sort of thing. All right, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining the show now, of course, the television voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only Craig Bowler Jack. What's up, Bowler? Jake, how are you? Gordon, how are you? Well, doing well, Bowler. Good to you have know, you. I don't, I don't, when's the last time I saw you two? I mean, uh, I was trying to think about it earlier today. Has it been two-plus months, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, at least two, because it feels like, you know, that uh, that day in March down there in Oklahoma City. It feels that yeah. feels like that was a long time ago now. Going on three months, it feels like six, to be totally honest with you. But uh, here we are. I'm sure Gordon, your beard's down to the floor, and Jake, uh, you as well. Uh, not quite that ragged, but uh, probably <laughs> not all prim and proper. You know, gotcha. I, I'm cleanly shaven, Bowler. I can't get oh, yeah, past congrats. the Good. I can't get past the itchy phase of yeah. growing a beard. It drives me nuts. Well, I, I, the, my three sons, uh, I sound like Fred McMurray there, but uh, my three sons all bet for me to go with a goatee until basketball starts again. So here I am. Wow. Good for you, Bowler. Oh, you got a goatee going, Bowler? Yeah. Yeah. I no bet, one I sees it because I, I, I do don a mask at Home Depot, you know, <laughs> um, and, you know, over at uh, the grocery store. Just say, hey, you know, I've got elderly parents. i got to watch people, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do the right thing for everybody. Some wear them, some don't. So my choice is I do, uh, but I have reasons too. But yeah, um, I'm not a real fan because uh, it is kind of a, Jake, you just said, the process to begin will drive you crazy. And then the trimming process, uh, you kind of feel it around your lips and I'm, it, it drives me insane. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how Harden does it, to be honest with you. I agree. Oh, with the big beard. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, brutal. Yep. 
Uh, Bowler, before we get started with some basketball stuff, you know, there's a lot going on in the country and in the world right now and wanted to give you uh, a little space to to talk about it if you had any thoughts to share on, on really what's going on or sports' role in it. Boy, Jake, uh, that's a great question for you to ask me. I, 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 I've talked to Thurl and, and uh, Booner uh, about my concerns. Uh, those guys are dear friends of mine and trying to get some direction because I'm, I'm always one to be trying to be educated. Uh, even though I was raised in the Ozarks in Missouri, uh, I kind of knew at that time, um, you know, that there, things weren't quite right uh, for, and, and, you know, my, my grandparents, the way they looked at things. Uh, I think I have to applaud my folks who gave me great direction on what was right and wrong. Um, moving to Kansas City, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I, I've just never tried to look at, at color, but this is such a difficult subject to discuss, and I, I probably am not qualified. So I try to just learn. I think is the best way for me. Uh, I'm trying to learn. Yes, I've been given some great privileges in my life, so I can never understand totally. Uh, I, but I'm trying to understand and can we all be a part of the solution? I would hope so. Um, you know, I've worked around African-American athletes um, all my career. Uh, I consider a great relationship, a close relationship with Carl. Uh, we've had discussions about him, and I think you guys, and I think jazz fans have heard our conversations. He wanted to talk about being an African-American, playing in the NBA, and he's really helped me in those times years ago to understand what it was like to even be an African-American in, in Utah. And, you know, I, I think we all have to step back uh, and, again, hopefully listen and, and also educate ourselves on what is actually going on. So it's a tenuous situation. Um, it makes me um, uh, nauseous, to be totally honest, just because of the uh, the hurt and the pain that's go- can, that continues on. And, you know, one day we're talking about COVID and the next day we're talking about racism in America. And, you know, I think there was a time and maybe we were all uh, just hiding from it, guys. I don't know. Uh, but we kind of just thought we had moved past it and thought that we had had the discussions and understood the past and learned something from it, but I'm fearful that we haven't. And obviously, I think we're seeing a play on again right before our eyes. Um, and that's sad to me, very sad. So, Bowler, uh, to further that thought, what do you think it is that uh, white America and white Americans can do to, to, uh, to help at this particular stage? Did, I think listen. Did, you know, I think all of us think we have answers and we'll talk about our own experiences. But I'm just trying to say, I think listening is the best thing. What is the true issue? And I, I and again, we we know that there's been multiple black men uh, that have been uh, taken down uh, because of. Again, this is very sensitive, but yet, you know, again, Gordon, it's 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 about the police the way that African-American men mostly have been targeted in, in situations that seem to be unfair, that would not be the case for, for a white man in the same situation. And I think that's something for me that you have to understand what causes that. 
And I, I and I don't know if it's a generational thing, if there is issues of where you live, north, south, east, or west. I'm just trying to take it all in and trying to understand the entire story. And I, I, I hope that, you know, someone or through this situation, a patriot will uh, step forward and maybe help explain it to all of us. Um, I guess the question, too, that I've been asked, and I want to maybe I can ask a question back to you, is where does sport and where do the stars, the the, the black African-American athlete, what role do they play? And I don't know how involved they want to become on a political stage, and I'm wondering how much they are needed in this particular time to, to help maybe all of us answer the question I just asked, and that is knowledge is good, and, and to be educated is something that all of us should be willing to do. And uh, I, I just don't know. It's a very fine line, guys, um, to walk. And when you start speaking and you're not sure or educated about it, and I'm trying to, but again, I admit that we haven't walked in the shoes of, of, of African-Americans. And so even though I can call Carl Malone and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell guys I work with and I respect, I still have no idea the journey, and I think that's the most important thing uh, for all of us to try to understand the journey, and um, I think we still have a long ways to go. Well, listening is very important, but then I think, Bowler, in, in whatever walk of life we're in, if we're around a situation where we see any hint of racism, we should speak up. Don't you, don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. We, we should do something about it because so many people have said staying silent is being complicit. Yeah, no, and, that's, a, that's a great comment. And I, I think, you know, obviously we, we should agree on that as a society um, and try to understand uh, exactly uh, the feelings of each individual and isn't their middle ground. But again, I think most people have talked about, will you please listen? And I think that's not hard to do. And if you listen, you learn, right? Um, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but there's so much anger that's going to have to take time for it to kind of raise and then expel it. And maybe it takes time through anger to heal. And so it's it's an interesting time. And I just I'm just trying to to learn as a, as much as as much as I possibly can. And uh, you know, there's been you know Popovich has made comments and and some others, but. Um, Quinn Snyder had a magnificent quote and comment about what uh, the, the coaches and the, and, and the NBA Coaches Association is trying to do. But I think the message that I've gotten from all that is to stand back and take the time to listen to what the issues are and then come together and then we can discuss them. And hopefully we get answers and better and, and just a, a dialogue uh, would be would be terrific. Bowler is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Bowler, we do want to talk some basketball with you. Uh, we're getting bits and pieces of what this uh, plan to be approved on Thursday may look like. And Woj Narowski tweeted out today that uh, it appears like the 22-team idea seems to be leading the way with the uh, season resuming on July 31st and uh, going no later than October the 12th. But what are your thoughts on bringing back 22 teams and doing some sort of play-in scenario for the playoff? 
Well, you'll never you'll never uh, appease everyone. I mean, there's been some owners I've, I've read and, and and have heard through the grapevine that want to come back and have a chance to play. Uh, I think some teams are not mentally probably uh, prepared to do that because of where they are as a lottery team. I can understand the teams that are on the cusp of that eight spot wanting a shot at it, just like the Jazz would want a shot to climb up the ladder in the West. So. You know, Jake, again, from what I've heard, there's multiple, you know, discussions about do you play an eight-game regular season schedule? Maybe the Jazz play the Lakers twice, the Clippers twice, the Nuggets. And uh, that would help determine their final seeding, whether they climb or they fall. Uh, don't know. But I'm, I'm anxious to see what, the, you know, what Adam Silver finally comes up with because this has been, a, uh, I'm sure, one of the most – Oh my gosh! I can't even, I can't even, uh, I can't even imagine the the Herculean task of trying to put a league back together under the circumstances that we've been through. And you know, he may have to deal too with players that may not want to play because they fear the virus, or they have family, or like I've said before, they're a caretaker. So all these things are going to come into play. And um, you know, I love basketball. I want to, I want to, I want to call games. I want to play. And but also we have to be smart. And what is the plan if a, if a player or two become ill in Orlando? What do you do? I mean, expanded rosters is one thing, but it looks to me like if you're really going to see this through, then it's going to be daily testing. Uh, and that you know you're going to have to go in with a hell of a mindset of patience uh, to get through this. Uh, but it's going to be good for basketball, be good for fans. Obviously, this is a financial decision as well uh, with uh, the networks and also regional sports networks. I have no idea if we'll, we'll be involved. I would love to be. But at the same time, the, the, the major networks uh, would most likely call the shots because of the money they've invested in this league. And, uh, again, I'll, I'll wait and see and find out with you. So what do you think of where the Jazz are sitting in all this, Bowler? Obviously, you haven't been monitoring whatever activity each of the individual players have been doing during the past three months. But I wonder how they'll hold up, how they'll come together. Quinn, Quinn, his system is not uh, particularly simple. And uh, I I wonder if it'll take him a time to, uh, to get tuned up again. Yeah, I think it will, Gordon. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, this has been a stressful time for for everyone, and even more so now over the last week or so. I don't I don't know where everybody's minds are. I mean, where's your head? Uh, I don't know. And I, I think it will take time to to reintegrate uh, teammates and find your edge again. Because really, when it when it went down on March 11th, uh, and I, you know, I talked to a couple of players via Zoom is that they were at the peak of, of their probably being in shape and the focus that you need to push push to April and into the playoffs. So I think the biggest thing is how hungry are they, right? And, Jake, the other part of it, too, is uh, the probably the more mentally prepared team will probably have a better chance of moving up during the first and second rounds of the playoffs. I would not be surprised to see teams get knocked out uh, because maybe they're not in shape, maybe they're not totally engaged, and they're not as mentally sharp as another team might be. So that's a whole nother, um, 
unpredictable piece of this puzzle, right? Um, so that that intrigues me. But it's going to take time to get into basketball shape. And, guys, the other part of it, too, right, would be injury. I mean, I hate the word, but it's still realistic, is how long does it take to get into basketball shape? And injuries do happen. We see it in the postseason. And I would be totally surprised if another issue or situation doesn't come up in the postseason play down in most likely Orlando, right? So, obviously, that gives owners and general managers a little bit of a feeling, a big feeling of unease, but that is part of the game and what it's all about to go play. And also, uh, this is a a revenue-sharing situation with players and owners, and so they're going to have to play. They want to play. I think most people do. But I still think there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. And the players probably still have a lot of questions they, they want answered, too, before uh, Adam Silver, um, you know, makes his announcement. I guess Chris Paul, from what I've read and understood through the grapevine, they've worked very closely together, uh, the Players Association with Chris Paul, about, you know, getting everybody back. And then what do you do about the European players who decided to go back home and how long do you have to, uh, if or, or do you, I'm sure you have to, put them in a quarantine type situation so man what an undertaking right and i guess it'll it'll start to play out even more so on thursday bowler uh, let's take the jazz out of it for a second what other teams are you putting in the contender category well contender i mean how can you i mean i'm looking at guys who've been down the road and understand the mental grind of a season right and the first guy I think of is LeBron. The second one does it totally different, and that's Kawhi Leonard, uh, who has his own purpose after you know winning in Toronto uh, to see what the, the Clippers can do. In the East, I think for me, uh, the most dominant player and team would be Milwaukee. Now, you know, Philly could surprise. I mean, I don't know. But I think, again, there's going to be a couple of underliers here that may surprise some folks. And I wish Bogey was healthy, but still that may be a motivator for the Jazz uh, in this whole scenario. I mean, if they do end up four and play five, the Thunder, if they end up at five, that's intriguing, obviously. But if they reseed, then currently the Jazz would be playing uh, the Houston Rockets and I think we've seen enough of the Rockets in the postseason. Kind of a change of pace would be good. But, you know, I think it puts pressure on Quinn, but he's a pressure-type coach. And I think this team, uh, you know, has always had a goal, as we've talked about. Yeah, losing Bogdanovich is 20 points and a 41% three-point shooter. But now you got Joe uh, would be a starter. Jordan Clarkson, who's, who's come on with a bang after being traded. Uh, Dante Exum and Jordan Clarkson, and then you got George Niang, you got Tony Bradley, who's I thought we saw, you know, uh, more than baby step improvements, but yet a guy who seems to have claimed the backup spot, obviously to Rudy Gobert. So I mean, there's there's obviously they're going to be competitive. There's no doubt, and just mentally, with Quinn Snyder running the show, Gordo, I would think I would feel like the Jazz would come in as a tough as a tough customer. Minus Bogdanovich. I'm not going to say we're not, the Jazz won't miss him, but again, they pride themselves on depth and coming together in certain situations, much like this. So, I, uh, again, uh, if, we'll never find out unless we play. And, you know, this season will most likely always have an asterisk alongside of it, but at the same time, uh, you should get some pretty good basketball. I just hope, you know, you come out of it healthy 
and then you turn around and you take a, a breather and then you go right back at it if indeed the, the league is going to start 2021 on, on Christmas Day, which is the biggest you know rumor of all. So there's going to be a lot of basketball. Once it starts again, Jake and Gordon, I think we're going to get a, a run, a lot of basketball running at us in a, in a, in a short period of time. Bowler, uh, to participate in a discussion that Jake and I had earlier in the show, and that is the five best jazz shooters of all time. Oh, oh, wow! Who who are you putting on that list? And well, Kyle Korver, I mean, is one of the top ten, top five, top six, seven of all time, right? I mean, I put mm-hmm. Kyle Korver, Jeff Hornacek. Uh, I know, you know, look. I wish that we could turn the clock back and see John Stockton in this era shoot the three because I think he, and I guess it's because of the shot in Houston, right? But he was a clutch shooter and could knock down jumpers, uh, mid-range, and obviously in the three-point category. And I'm going to put him in that in that list. I think um, Dantley played to his back. And again, I had just come to town when he was here, but still an incredible shot. Griff had dunkability at the height of his career, but still had really good range. And i tell you another outlier, a guy why he played 19 years, Carl Malone's baseline J was pretty sweet and had a good spin and a quick release. Jeff Malone's another guy that comes to mind. And, you know, those are guys just off the top of my head. Um, I'd be anxious to hear who I missed, and I'm sure there's others uh, that would – would fall into that category of being being great. We were trying to decide if Joe Ingles should be in there, Ooh. or 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 Bogdanovich even, even though yeah. it's in a short period. You know of what? Time. You know, I, I tell you, there's a lot of uh, what do you call it, uh, Jake? You have to go through a, a, a level one through five of you know the way they catch, the way they shoot it, the way that how long the ball stays in their hands, and of course, arc. Uh, were they were they crowded? Were they guarded? You know, Corver's one of those guys that come to mind. Obviously, Curry and, and Clay uh, are outrageously good in crowds and hitting shots. Uh, and, but, you know, Hornacek was in a, in a league at the time where the three ball and, and Jerry's offense wasn't uh, really built around it. He was still able to come off the curl and really release the ball quickly. He was a dynamite. Uh, Joe's a little bit more methodical, but yet keeps the ball high. And Bogdanovich... You know, I find him also more of an intriguing player to me because he's, he's more athletic than I thought. I've said it a, a multiple times on the air. We knew he could shoot the three, but his uh, physicality, dribble drive ability to the rim has always impressed me, man. And I think it's been a, a great dynamic for the Jazz to have that. Not only a three-point shooter, but a physical player uh, down low and able to drive and get to the rim. But I'm thinking of other guys from the past. Uh, you know, there's a lot of names that have come and gone. And, um, you know, it's difficult to find a guy that you think that would just be a guy you want on the roster just to, you know, make a quick shot three or just a pure, the pure ability of getting the ball away in a crowd and in a hurry. So um, I know there's a long list and there's been some great ones that have come through. Uh, maybe didn't stay around a long time, but uh, those are just a few names that pop into my head. Don't forget John Crotty and Rusty LaRue. There you go. Rusty LaRue. <laughs> uh, Milt Palacio, Captain Crunch. Uh, oh, you know, there's a lot. There <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that had some pure, you know, pure shot ability. But uh, you know, they didn't. A lot of these guys didn't last long. They were in and out. And you know, Crowdy being one of those guys, and uh, 
Howard Isley, uh, who, who had some moments, right, for the Jazz. But uh, I tell you, I think it's hard to find a guy that is just a total shooter that just takes on the challenge and Jake gets the ball out of his hands and puts it down. And Corver, I was glad to see him come back for his second stint with the Jazz, and I think he was surprised that he was, uh, you know, uh, shipped off again. But, man, the guy can play. And even at his age, he's been he's been he was able to keep his uh, you know his uh, his same routine, and that's the most important thing is that that Corver had such an incredible routine where he challenged himself every spot on the floor before a game, and uh, I think he and Horny both are uh, two of my favorite you know guys getting to know him. And Griff, I got to know in Dantley, uh, but again, another time, another place. How the league has changed, right? Uh, Dantley was such a small player that could play and score, you know, with his back to the basket. And Griff, like I said, when he was at his height of his career before the knee, the guy could, you know, release it with height. But also, uh, you know, his nickname is Dr. Duncanstein for a reason, too. Bowler, you were the best. Thank you for a little insight and perspective today, as always. Well, I tell you, man. I've been upset. I don't know really what to do or say. I've reached out, and I think that Again, as I leave, I just hope, you know, I don't know if this is the cure, but to listen, we always can learn. You know, as I get older, you think we know everything. We don't. And I think that's been the biggest, you know, slap in my face over the last few days is, you know, read, listen, understand, and try to get both sides of the story and then see what you can do uh, to help the cause. And that's that's all I can – that's what I'm – I guess my whole – four days of just kind of thinking about it. That's what I've kind of come up with, and I'm trying to do it. It's not easy, but we all should try to reach out and do uh, do, do our part. Thanks, Bowler. Here, here. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Next week. All, right. all right. Craig Bowler, Jack, with us, television voice of the Utah Jazz. Big thanks to Bowler for jumping on. Coming up right around the corner, we have the Sounds of Various Clips, also known as Drop of the Day. Uh, Gordon Austin selected our Drop of the Day today. Austin, you want to give a little tease? It involves wildlife uh, and debris on the freeway. Thinking of a lemma today. Okay. All right. Wildlife and debris. Drop of the day coming up next. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.